Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Okay. Rachel Co- Rachel Coyce on the Rider Flex podcast. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Are you in Denver? Are you in Colorado? Where are you today? Yes. Yeah. North Denver. Um, we are situated. I'm in my home office right between Boulder and Denver and then work primarily for Simple Switch out of Rhino area of Denver in the art district. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. I'm up near Loveland, uh, up in Northern Colorado as well. So we're not too far awesome. from each other. Yeah, not at all. And I go up there for um, entrepreneurial events often and have a lot of friends up there. So what? how lucky are we to live in Colorado, right? It's Yeah, I mean, it is pretty nice, you know. Yeah, I don't want to rub it in for the listeners, but uh, I've interviewed lots of people on the podcast that have lived all over the world. And, uh, you know, they come back here and buy a home and, and want to live here, you know, even after traveling everywhere else. Uh, yeah. And lots of lots of business owners and executives that could live wherever they want, but uh, but they choose Colorado for just so many reasons, right? Absolutely. So, I'm one of the lucky ones, born and raised. Actually, I think uh, fourth or fifth generation Coloradan. Uh, what? On yeah. But I've traveled to 28 countries now, and I absolutely agree with what you just said. I I I love traveling, and I will continue yeah. to travel. But this, I would love for this to be my forever home base. That's pretty cool. Fourth generation native. Uh, yeah. not a ton, not a ton of those, not a ton mm-hmm. of those. <laughs> no, my, let's see, my great grandfather walked from, or, you know, wagoned, walked all sorts of different ways. Yeah. I'm sure from Ellis Island actually came, came through Ellis Island. I've seen his, uh, his signature there in the books, which was really surreal. And really? Cool. Um, really? But so yeah, his, his generation was our first kind of from Poland, Austria area. And then Poland, I was going to ask you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. So course, yeah. is that, is that Polish originally or yes, what is that? Yes, but because of Ellis Island, um, it, it was shortened. So course is not a very Polish sounding name, but you know, oh. I think my dad, who knows what the real pronunciation was, uh, could yeah. be stretching the truth, but something like, you know, uh, Kwasinski or something like that with like, you I know, see. the, on the end. I see. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, tell me about your, um, childhood then. Tell me about your mom, dad, siblings growing up. Give me a little history there. Yeah, um, I grew up not far from here in Brookville, Colorado, and uh, spent a lot of time outdoors in the mountains and uh, adventuring. I have three older sisters, but they're they're quite a bit older than my, than I am. They're all half sisters, so um, by twelve years, and so I was given a lot of really amazing learning. I think from watching them, uh, you know, go through their teenage years, and they were all extremely just loving and protective of me, and wanted to. I think my parents did this very intentionally and told all three of my sisters, you know, we want you to give what you feel like are the best parts of you to Rachel and, you know, be able to really kind of mentor her to be, to be the best of all of you, which, uh, you know, has, has its own pros and cons, I'm sure for them, but it was very special for me. Um, my parents were also entrepreneurs, so I give a lot of credit to them for myself being an entrepreneur. They own uh, a personal and commercial real estate company, Voice Real Estate. I see. Um, so if any Colorado listeners are looking to buy a house in this market, I definitely recommend them, but that allowed for them to be 
home and around a lot. And I got to watch them work from home. And uh, one of our favorite family quotes is my nephew, as I mentioned, my sisters are a lot older. So he's um, in college now. But when he was a kid, we said, you know, Kyle, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, what do you mean? And we said, you know, look for a job. Um, and he, he said, uh, I don't think I know anyone with a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is because so many people in my, in my family mm. are entrepreneurs and, and we're working from home and working, you know, their own way. So, um, I'm really lucky because I, I hear all the time from friends and, you know, network I, how, I don't know how I would ever start a company. Um, and for me, it was really normalized from when I was young. So yeah. Um, having yeah, more very, detail in any of those areas, but that's a great, um, you know, peek into what I got to experience. Mom and dad still alive, still healthy, still around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just up the street. I went and, and watched the Jimmy Fallon password revamp last night with them. So still get to be really close. And all of my sisters and their kids, um, also still live in Colorado. So, um, close okay. with all my nieces and nephews ranging from, a niece who's finishing her master's degree, um, all the way down to a nephew who is three now. Um, so yeah, I've got a, an awesome and big family. Uh, Thanksgiving is a big deal around your house around, around it your is, family. And you know, you would, you would say that with only hearing about my siblings, but I also have 32 first cousins. So, uh, <laughs> the, the Polish, you know, Koish line uh, and the great. Colorado family is we're, we're huge. So, and that's uh, just on my dad's side. Uh, pretty exactly. good. So you said they're half sisters. So obviously your mom or dad was married before they had kids. They something, were. Some, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very yep, good. I'm the only, the only child from my parents marriage, but they both, um, and those they're around as well. I, I don't really have much of a relationship with them, but my nieces and nephews are able to, which is great. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. And how about you? You married kids, partners, single, Partner? what, what's, what's, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, no kids. Love hanging out with other people's kids, but hope not to have mine for a while. Um, partner is Sam. He's a training coordinator for an aircraft company and works in, you know, lean manufacturing for luxury aircraft, essentially, um, which is an industry I know very little about, but can say some words now that I've been, we've been together for three years and have a lot more. Um, he has a lot of passion around sustainability and flight. You know, as, as you know, I'm an entrepreneur really concerned with sustainability and social impact. So it's been really cool for me to watch him, you know, use the skills that he has in his industry and then um, kind of marry them with some of the stuff he's been learning through my network of, of entrepreneurs and impact entrepreneurs. So um, yeah, we live, I bought a house about a year and a half ago and people know me as I have, uh, as an entrepreneur, certainly, but I have kind of a backyard homestead going on. So no kids, but 14 chickens and a colony of bees, um, oh, cool. and about a thousand tomatoes. So Steve, if you want to drive down to Colorado, <laughs> I would happily give you a hundred tomatoes. Isn't it interesting? By the way, for the listeners, we're recording this on September 14th. Yes. And yeah, right now in Colorado, mid-September in Colorado, if you planted tomatoes, you're, you're getting all you want. Right They're now. going. Yeah. And I planted <laughs> way too many. I, I'm a big fan of a nonprofit called Denver Urban Gardens. And oh. I went to their plant sale this year to get my seedlings. And I planted 22 tomato plants because not only were, did they have such interesting kinds of tomatoes, um, but they also are for a great cause and do some that's, really cool work in Denver. Good. That's good. So that means instead of a tomato garden, I really have a tomato jungle this year. And, <laughs> and um, my partner got COVID and while he was having his time off and he would spend most of the day in bed, you know, healing and resting. And then 
get a burst of energy and build us a huge trellis. So our tomatoes are like 10 feet tall this year and there's 22 of them. So when I say thousands, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, so that's been a big uh, part of, very relaxing for me. It's nice. To oh, go it's from, wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. To just, yeah. To just go outside for, for half an hour and just kind of mess around yeah. and pick some, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so it's yeah. therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Yeah, yeah for sure. We, uh, our I'm next endeavor it. is building a backyard greenhouse because we're hoping that we can kind of extend our season. So we just went to pick up a, a free, uh-huh. you know, reclaimed windows greenhouse from a, someone on Facebook marketplace and we have okay. all the materials and now we're kind of designing the way we want to put them together and hopefully uh-huh. we can get that done before the first big snow, which Colorado is always surprised when, when it wants to do that, but we'll see. You know, um, we were talking about how awesome it is to live in Colorado and it, it is awesome, but the growing vegetable flower season it's it's pretty damn short yeah it is, so yeah. yeah yeah so if you can get a little this greenhouse next year my good. my goal next year which i've never had success with before but i think i'm better set up is to do some um indoor starts you know under grow lights and things yep. for some yep. of these things because then that just extends you know they they have a little bit more traction when i put them in the mm-hmm. ground outside then yeah agreed yeah that'd be awesome when you were going to school um i noticed that you got your undergrad in in uh arts and theater and things like that um were you thinking i want to be an actor were you thinking i want to be a teacher what what was kind of i was just curious yeah and that's fun a lot of people don't bring that up in podcast episodes with me anymore but it's a huge part of my life um i so i double majored at cu boulder um in business entrepreneurship and then theater performance which is too too much um, I will say, I think, I'm, <laughs> I think it's still true that I'm the only one who's ever done that particular double major because wow. the BFA wow. in theater performance is actually already the credit load of, of two majors. You get a theater degree and then you get a BFA, which is instead of a bachelor of arts, bachelor of fine arts. So you have, um, something like 10, I'm forgetting now it's been a while, but something like 10 hours of studio time a week and you're required mm. to be in a show mm. every semester. Mm. Um, I, 18 year old me. I love to sing and I love to act and and I love to dance. I do a lot less dancing now, but um, 18 year old me was very excited about kind of the Broadway track. And so I want, Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to do some musical theater. CU Boulder has, this could have changed. Um, So this is not for, you know, students considering it, but at the time they had a pretty new musical theater program that was um, a little disjointed. So I didn't want to do that, but they had an excellent, um, theater acting program and then they you know that fed really nicely into the musical theater uh, okay. world and those shows so yeah I decided to go there I planned to double major I, I also thought which I'm I'm so thankful I didn't do this because I just don't think it would be the right fit for me at all but I also thought I might want to be a, a counselor I was someone who a lot of people my friends and even just acquaintances would come to to kind of vent and, and talk about their problems. And I love to just be a listening ear for them. Yeah. And so I thought maybe that would be a good thing to do professionally. Now I have incredible friends who are counselors professionally and are fantastic at it. And I cannot imagine doing what they do. So those people <laughs> that I don't do it. Um, yeah. But essentially my, my parents said, mm, you know, psychology degree and theater degree. What if you maybe double majored instead with something like business or something like engineering so that you have a fallback that would actually pay you something. Um, because, you know, for, to go be a counselor, you need a lot of degrees and it takes a long time. And I was very angsty about that at the time, but I decided, okay, fine, I'll do a business degree. I was a 
I was an entrepreneur from a really young age. Um, like I said, it was normalized for me. So, you know, I thought, I thought that way. Um, and my dad is also, a uh, alongside the real estate, um, project management professor at, um, at the time at CU Boulder, now at CU Denver and several other programs, um, including a nonprofit university in Denver for kind of people who wouldn't have the income to go to a typical accredited university. Um, and so he, if I wanted something, anything, you know, a new, new pair of the cool wheelie shoes, whatever it might be, would ask me to write a project plan for it. And so I was writing <laughs> business plans at a young age and I'm really <laughs> thankful for that because another thing that was just normalized for me. So um, but for that reason, you know, I had started, let's see, I think my very earliest business was, you know, I would, uh, at family gatherings, like you mentioned Thanksgiving, you know, give like a head massage or a shoulder rub for money. And, and I made little <laughs> magnets and I handed them out to my friends and family, you know, that was my, my addressable market at the time. And that's how I took advantage yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then in high school, I am a big Harry Potter nerd, big fan of Harry Potter. And for one of the movies coming out, um, I had just learned to knit and I decided, you know, Hey, I just post on Facebook, very casual. Um, if anyone wants me to knit them a Harry Potter scarf for the movie, like, let me know. And I was expecting maybe two or three. And I think got 30 people asked for one that day. So I realized, oh, like this is, I wouldn't have said it this way at the time. But essentially, I, I said, oh, there's demand for this, right? Um, so I need to start charging. Really, what it was at the time was, oh, I can't make this many scarves without getting a little bit of money to pay for, you know, the materials in my time, which, uh, you know, I'm glad. And so actually throughout all of high school and all of college, I sold knitted hats and scarves and things like that. Um, so interesting. that interesting. was my, okay. that was all my right. first, all you know, right. real okay. business. And, and I made a lot of, you know, side, side money that way and savings. Okay. So, um, okay. And I noticed, that, I, I noticed that, I noticed that hats and scarves are a big, are prominent on the website and for your business right now today. They are. Yeah. Not made by me. <laughs> thankfully anymore. Yeah. We have a lot of suppliers, <laughs> but. Yeah. So anyways, all of that led me to say, okay, well, you know, I've always enjoyed that. So I could do a business degree. Sure. Like that'll be my fallback. And pretty immediately freshman year, I really fell in love with it. Um, I was expecting that, you know, theater would be the thing that I wanted to do professionally and business could be, you know, a good compliment. Um, but I, I very quickly in my classes and CU has an awesome business school. So I was really lucky. Um, but yeah, I very quickly started hearing from professors and and peers um, about the work that they were doing to make a positive impact with with their business. And another part of my you know childhood and background was, like I said, spent a lot of time outside, so cared a lot about the natural world and um, the mm -hmm. environment. And mm -hmm. you know, Rocky Mountain National Park was a playground. I definitely wanted to keep it clean and keep it healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and then had the opportunity to travel at a young age for kind of mission and service work as well with my family. So seeing, seeing the impacts of poverty from, you know, a young age, I think was a mm. privilege that I I've had that understanding for a lot longer than a lot of people just by, you know, nature okay. of, of being there and seeing it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so being able to see like, wow, business, business can do a lot of good. You know, I had in my head, you know, cor corporate sharks and, you know, just some, some really, out of alignment with my values, kind of business dealings. And so to learn that it could make this much impact was, um, I just really fell in love with that idea. And so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that, but, you know, stopped resenting the fact that I was majoring in business and really enjoyed my theater degree as well and my classmates there. But by the end, 
um, had the idea for Simple Switch actually my senior year of undergrad. Oh, and did. so okay. I, okay. yeah, I knew that that was where I was headed. Um, I, I got the chance to do a summer business consulting in South Africa through Leeds, through, through Deming Center, which is the entrepreneurship school. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And got to do business consulting for under-resourced entrepreneurs. And I have not, ne- I had never enjoyed anything more than I enjoyed that. It was hard work. It was the hardest I've ever worked in sure. Probably not anymore, but at that point. Um, and the fact that I enjoyed it so much, I think really steered me in a, okay, you know, what, what can I do that's going to use my skills and talents in that same way and um, empower, you know, business owners around the world and it just change the economy to be one that's really um, in alignment with my values. Right. And mm-hmm. I really still enjoyed the theater program and they have a really great, just kind of wrapping that story up because I still love theater, but I haven't done much of it have you been school. yeah yeah i was gonna ha- i was gonna say have you yeah. been any shows lately no, no i've okay. i've done you know a fair amount of um singing type of stuff and i actually was just given as a gift the piano that i grew up playing on and things like that so i still definitely love it and and use it and i love um you know going to see shows and, yeah. and things at the fuel yeah. things like that i still am mm-hmm. very in love with it and maybe mm-hmm. when simple switch settles uh <laughs> a little bit and i have a bigger team and i don't have to hold so much of it I could see doing, you know, um, community shows here and there, but yeah. yeah, Um, by senior year, I knew that what I wanted to do after school was, was business and was entrepreneurship. So, um, and you said you had the idea, you said you had the idea for simple switch. Now at the time, I'm guessing you didn't have the the name in your head settled yet, but you had the concept. Were you thinking about the concept? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm trying to think of when we did officially decide on the name and I do think it was, it wasn't short. It wasn't long after I graduated that I came up with the name. The two I was considering were Simple Switch or Buy Better. Um, okay. But okay. a couple things. I think I, I did a lot of, I, I would maybe call it user testing now, but it was just in my personal network, a lot of asking people what they thought. Um, and, and of and, course, you had you had this network because these are the same people that were buying your hearts and hats and scarves. That's and, right. Yeah. <laughs> or my business classmates or my theater classmates, you know, anyone who um, I was also in a sorority in college. So a lot of them kind of knew that I was heading in this direction as well. Um, I've always been a very social person. I've, I've been called aggressively friendly, as I think a good way to say it. So <laughs> lots, of, lots of people in my network and I would not be who I am without them and their sports. It's incredible. Uh, so. You're very um, social. You're very social. And also I'm guessing your time management uh, expertise has to be very high because you had a lot going on with a double major and I look bad. And yeah. Theater, and theater and travel. Sorority I mean, whole, leadership. Yeah. Sorority, yeah, like I mean, yeah. It, that's why I say, you know, it was probably too much. <laughs> it was probably, you know, you, some, you. some semesters were easier than others, but I, I definitely could have gotten, I think more out of the actual class part of school if I would have done less. Um, but mm. the connections that I made and, and the inspiration, I mean, I'm here today because I had that idea because of an internship mm. and a huge mm. shout out to the Deming center and to Eric Mueller, um, who is still to this day, my mentor, and he's the one who led that internship and he's the head okay. of the entrepreneurship school there. So, um, but I do say, I think I learned more in that six or eight week internship than I learned in my four years at CU and that's no dig on CU. It's just, yeah. it was hands-on impactful work. And so I was gaining so much, um, both learning and experience and inspiration. From it, that. Don't you, don't you think it's just, it's tremendously valuable for young people to travel to other countries, third world oh, countries yeah. where, and see 
what other people live like and some yeah. real, po- real poverty, you know, where they're, where yeah. they're struggling, struggling just to have get fresh water. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think young people come back with a whole new outlook on, on, on life and, and, yeah. what it's, you know, and I would add there that the reason that that, cause I, like I said, I had been traveling to do that kind of work and kind of have that perspective, you know, from a young age, from, you know, five or eight, you know, elementary school age. And I think what made that one so helpful is we had, you know, we were in teams, we were working with um, students from South Africa on these solutions. You know, it was what I would want to caution people against is going on those trips um, just for kind of the feel good, whether that be the feel good of the helping that you're doing or the few, if I'm glad I'm not in that situation that you get when you come back, right. That's Mm -hmm. not, that's not healthy or helpful for anyone. And, instead being able to go in and kind of partner with them, ask, what do you need? You know, what, what of my limited college age skills can I share with you? Um, you know, going in with that humility, I think is the really important thing. And, mm, um, good. we, yeah, we've, that's just very important to me. Kind of the, when we look at the word sustainability, right. We don't want to have this, um, you know, white savior complex or any kind of, you know, colonialism behind that kind of thing. And some, you know, some of those communities are perfectly happy and we might see, you know, cultural, one of my favorite examples is when I was traveling in Peru, um, just to have you kind of like, you know, my perspective shifted upside down because I could have gone to Peru, been driving around, um, seen, you know, they certainly were lower income, or at least it looked like it to me in these neighborhoods I was in. And I was asking, um, someone I was there with local about some of the housing and it was, it was unfinished, you know, it just looked very, mm. um, oh, they, they were probably a lot. And my perspectives, I don't know that I consciously thought this, but subconsciously certainly was, oh, well, they're, they're too poor to finish their houses. Mm. Um, and they were telling me, oh no, actually you go inside. Those houses are really nice. It's just that tax law here means that you don't have to pay property taxes until until your uh, outer structure is finished and so they leave it like that because it's it's like tax evasion <laughs> essentially um in in like a really scrappy and like wise uh, way they are not finishing that no and that's just not a priority so i think the the importance in what you're saying is so true with the caveat of going in to be a learner okay. right and okay. just being yeah. able to learn yeah. um and have your perspective shifted was there um, a key moment or a pivot moment or something that happened where you saw a landfill or a bunch of trash or was there something that really like, okay, sustainability or it, or that just gradually happened because you grew up in Colorado and like you said, you love the outdoors or was there a, yeah. was there a couple of moments that just really, you're like, dead coming, you know, we got to do something about this. I'm yeah. I think on the social impact side, I remember really specifically a moment in one of my uh, classes at CU in okay. their Caesar Caesar program, which is a uh, corporate um, responsibility, their corporate responsibility program and okay. ethics okay. and learning about the factories that are, are pretty famous now, but I'm sure lots of people still don't know in Bangladesh that collapsed their major garment factories. I'm sure you and I have both, you know, worn clothes that were made. There is a huge mm-hmm. part of the industry collapsed mm-hmm. and, and killed hundreds of people. And mm-hmm. um, we had kind of a discussion style class that day about you know, how much responsibility we have as consumers in that situation. And actually the thing I think that set me off on it so bad is that I had classmates who said, you know, that this is just capitalism. Like we shouldn't have to worry about this people. And, uh, that was really infuriating for me. And, uh, you know, I'm like, no, we, we do not get to do that. We don't get to act like that and just wipe our hands of hundreds of people's lives that are caused by, you know, our spending habits. And that was before I, I think I was probably a sophomore. So that was before I had jumped up simple switch. 
And then on the sustainability side, yeah, I, um, this goes back to childhood too. I mean, what doesn't, I grew up with a mom who recycled before it was cool and a grandmother who would, you know, pull over on the side of the road to pick up litter. Um, and was, and she was, you know, composting her food scraps. I don't know if she would have even looked at it from, I think she would from a, you know, environmental standpoint, it wasn't so much, I mean, she, she's passed away now. And, um, she probably looked at it more of just a, it's, it's a community responsibility to care for our earth and keep it clean and keep mm -hmm. it healthy. And for mm -hmm. her composting was a lot about gardening, which is where I get a lot of my gardening, I think. And she loved bees, you know, both because okay. of their, they are fascinating and the honey, but also for environmental reasons. So those things. And yeah, growing up in Colorado, I got to go on field trips to see, you know, water treatment plants. And I remember so vividly the saying, keep it clean because we're all downstream. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, I'm sure that was from true. third grade. So they it really stuck with me, you know? So I had, I think it more gradual. I'm thinking, you know, mm, oh, thinking of adult moments. Um, after I had started Simple Switch 2018, so random. I saw probably a, a social media video about this randomly at the end of December 2017. Okay. That there was a community in Japan who um, essentially was doing zero waste, which is, you hear zero waste thrown around a lot. We tend to say low waste almost always because zero waste is a little too simplified, right? We love, we love lower reduced waste, but this, this community in Japan was really doing, you know, all, um, all compostable, all recyclable. And the way that they were pulling that off was just excellent education around waste reduction and what that would look like. And, you know, mm. where, you know, mm. how there's just, we have none of that, um, or at least just terrible amounts of it here in the U.S. And um, I watched it in, you know, five minute little mini documentary video. And it was really inspiring to me for my own personal life. And I was trying to think of, um, you know, New Year's resolutions I wanted to do for 2018. And I was thinking a lot about how can I make my life more intentional? I Not necessarily around environment or anything, but as I was brainstorming, you know, what I want this year to be about next year. Um, intentionality what can i do to just have every decision i make be more on purpose and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think watching this clicked for me that yeah, i throw things away and that is super unintentional it's just you know yep you hear in my industry a lot there is no away right and that's kind of the landfill thing you mentioned right if we're throwing something away we're not actually like where is away it's just a landfill and it is having you know a negative impact mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. so for all of 2018 and this is you know, I, you don't have to go as hard as I went um, in order to make this impact in your life. But for all of 2018, I vowed um, to every single thing that I consumed, you know, that I bought or ate or held, I had to either compost it or recycle it, or I had to keep it. Um, so I had like a, a laundry bag. I, I wonder if it's in here. Um, a laundry bag in my room and any trash that would go to the landfill that I couldn't um, recycle or compost, I had to keep, um, for the whole year. And so Ooh. my intention was to kind of weigh that and track it and try to reduce it month to month. I did not succeed at that. I just, you know, life got busy, but I did have at the six month mark in June, um, was able to weigh the landfill trash that I had. Okay. Um, and man, I wish I had the stats in front of me. I have them written down, but I think so don't quote me on this. I think the average U.S. Um, resident makes something like 150 pounds of landfill trash every month. And my bag, and I, and Steve, this for me, it wasn't about this like 
huge lifestyle change and reduction. I was still eating most of the same things. It was just, okay. what am I going to do? With this How container. am I going to show myself? What yeah, what I, yeah. yeah. It, for me, it really was about the intentionality. Like I can still eat these Oreos, but then I'm going to have to keep this Oreo like plastic sleeve as a, as a consequence. And, and sometimes that for me, Oreos are, I love Oreos. And so for me, that was <laughs> like, okay, now I'm going to have to have this, but I don't get to kid myself into thinking that it doesn't create a consequence. That was what it was about for me. And so um, without wow. making, I'm, I'm sure I made, you know, some lifestyle changes, you know, I would try to buy things with better packaging that I knew was recyclable. So I wouldn't have to keep it in my bedroom. Um, but with, with just a little bit of lifestyle change and a lot of, um, just waste sorting, better waste sorting, especially with composting. Um, I went from 150 pounds, which was average, which I may have been a little lower than that before. I don't know. Um, I, I had six pounds of landfill trash in six months. Wow. Wow. Um, and See, that's, how that is that's how much of a difference people can make huge. if they really are intentional. Yeah. Just intentionality. Right. Like, wow. so All right. I don't do that anymore. It's not like I, but it was funny. I was, you know, I was dating a guy at the time who uh, called me weird trash girl you know, affectionately <laughs> because we would go out on a date and I would, you know, the waitress would come by and say, Oh, can I take your plate? And I'd say, I'm so sorry. I actually have to keep this. Um, <laughs> and she'd be like, uh, what? And I was like, I'm doing this, you know, I'm doing this experiment, you know, just, to kind of train myself more about waste reduction. Or I, then I would say, well, do you guys compost? Like, what will you, what will you do with this? Because if you'll compost it, awesome. But like, <laughs> if not, I need to take it up with compost. Oh, um, so oh, yeah. Lord. Anyways, it really helped, I think, uh, shift my just daily sustainability perspective and, and made me take that more seriously just because I had, uh, I understood the consequences better. Right. Yeah, and I yeah, have yeah. learned a lot about what's recyclable and compostable because of that. You know, if you uh, if you're listening to this episode and you've never been to a landfill, uh, just just go out and visit one. Just go out and drive. drive I actually drive have never been either. I've seen a lot of videos, but I, I should go uh, visit as well. It, it's shocking. I mean, for me, it was um, I don't know if no, shocking is not even the right word. It was emotional, emotional. Yeah. I had a, I had an emotional reaction to it. I just you, you can't, you're like, oh, wow, we're actually we're actually doing this. We're yeah. all doing it. We're all harrowing. Doing it you know, and, uh, yes, I, I was, yeah, it's tough. Not only the taking up space, which I think is what kind of smacks people. And I, well, I would actually be curious. What do you feel like was, was emotional about it for you? Can, um, can you like name, the, name I that? think, I think, I think the emotion for me was we don't, we forget about it. We kind of, we kind of separate right? We don't, we don't think mm -hmm. about it. We don't see it out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's real and it's happening and and it's, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I uh, it, it shocked me into being a better person when it comes to recycling. And I'm not, not I'm nothing near what you are, but I definitely was more intentional after visiting that. And same for, same for last time I went to Mexico, you know, I don't know if you've been to Cabo or Cancun and all that. But I mean, when you yeah. look at when you're going from the airport to the resort, to resort. Yeah. all you got to do is look around during those few miles and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, okay, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, lots of waste around. And, and it is Ooh. interesting how much, you know, that intersects the social and environmental impact. You know, I, there's a reason that we focus on both with Simple Switch is they, I don't think they're, you know, you can't separate them really. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you have seen, that's such a good point, what you say about, you know, from the airport to the resort, right? Things are cleaned <laughs> up where they need to be cleaned up and where right. they need to be hidden. Right. Um, but we, we actually work with an organization um, that certifies companies as plastic neutral. And so it's similar to what a carbon neutral is with, which for those who don't know about this, I and mean, that's totally fair. 
um, you know, carbon neutrality would mean, you know, my company or you as a person, you know, if you're buying a flight or something means the emissions, carbon emissions, um, carbon footprint, you know, whatever term feels, feels accessible to you, um, that you're putting out into the world by a certain action or, you know, my business mm-hmm. practices, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are paying to, to pull essentially that same amount of emissions out of the atmosphere or invest in technologies that will, um, which is a really cool model. Definitely a trend, I would say transition model, right? It's not, it's not what's going to save us. We can't just rely on like only offsets, but it is a very cool thing to be doing in the meantime. We're a climate neutral company for that reason, but we're also, we also work with this company for plastic neutral, which is the same concept. So any, any plastic waste, that, especially uh, low value plastic waste, waste, which would mean, you know, not easily recyclable um, that we're putting out, then we pay to have that same amount pulled from the waste stream and to make sure that we're not, you know, just contributing that to that drive that you have in Mexico. But one thing that super struck me um, is this organization, um, Repurpose Global is the name, highly recommend following along with them. But they also are really, really concerned with, you know, fair wages and fair working conditions for people who work in waste, because that's something that is, you know, if, if we think our waste is made invisible, the way that people are treated who have to deal with our waste is, you know, it's terrible. I learned from them that the like average life expectancy of someone working um, mm-hmm. in, you know, a waste center and a landfill and those kind of things, especially in um, some of the more prevalent countries where that's popular. So like Indonesia and other in that area um, is 30, like because of the toxins and the dangers and, you know, some of those things. So they are not only, you know, going out and doing trash pickups, which is great and valuable um, to to make that neutrality of the plastics and the waste, but they're also investing in, um, you know, better waste treatment centers and making sure that the people there are, are treated fairly and given breaks and have, you know, safety equipment that they need and things like that. So um, yeah, that's another, but, that's but those another, things are just so hand in hand. That's another place to visit. If you've never been there, you know, go to a water treatment plant or a waste treatment plant and visit um, yeah. that, that is also emotional. Uh, it's so funny you bring that up about the workers for those places. I actually, um, um, RiderFlex, our recruiting firm, you know, that's our day job. Uh, we got a client that um, what, what they did was they refurbished the, the tanks for these water treatment plants. They redid the lining for oh, these water treatment plants. Now, you can imagine, uh, you, you empty the waste out of those tanks that have been sitting in there for years and years and years. And then you had to get in yeah. there and scrape and scrape and clean the waste and uh he told me he said uh, I said I said how do you find people to do that and he said look he said yeah. if i need he said if i need 50 people he goes i hire 100 100 come in and within the first 4 or 5 hours it they drop to 50 cuz they just can't wow. do it they wow. just quit they just quit so yeah, yeah. To, to your point uh people people that do those types of jobs i mean wow hey you know kudos to you and yeah we probably should pay them more yeah. because that is a very difficult Absolutely. environment anyway anyway i didn't mean to go down that and, tangent but and I then we like look at the econ- no it's good i mean then we look at the economy of it and we're like we should pay them more which means some things that you know we buy need to cost more in that yes, case true. or we need yes. it or we yeah. need to have more public funding which is going to you know make people mad because of taxes like there's there's high level you know um economic and public policy issues that have to be addressed if we want these things solved. And part of that, you know, is, um, is, you know, why we exist because the products that you then buy from us, like do look into these things, how it's, we say, you know, when we're looking at sustainability, we talk whether it's social or environmental, we say how it's made, 
um, how it's packaged, how it's shipped, how it's used and how it's tossed. Like those are all, it's a nuanced look at all five of those things. Um, and you know, we are able to see the transparency behind those products in our case on simple switch, but, um, it's really rare in kind of the normal capital, you know, capitalist economy that we have for those things to be transparent. And unfortunately that's really on purpose, right? Because we are able to kind of just not, not care about those things if they are hidden from us and and they're hidden. ignorance is bliss, right? I want you to, oh. yeah, I want to get into Simple Switch and have you do an overview. But before we yeah, go right. there, I think I, I want to summarize really for people. One of the best ways to look at the environment and when it comes to sustainability is just remember it's not going anywhere. It, the waste is not going into outer space, the, the sewage is not going into outer space, the water. Yeah. The water's not disappearing to another planet and then we're getting new water. No, it, it's all. Yeah here and it's yeah. doing it's doing this it's doing okay. this and we're yeah. every, every yeah. single thing we touch and do the water evaporates goes back up it goes the water gets treated goes in the river yeah. comes out of the river it goes into the lake and then we yeah. drink it and it wastes everything is just doing this and that's the key which is why remember. we're starting to see plastics <laughs> in newborn babies right because yes, it's like oh that, that actually is, exactly is like ending right. up in our blood so okay yes. but before we go on, I want to say something that's really important to me because now we've, we've talked about a lot of like doomsday stuff around social environmental, (laughs) right, right now. And a huge thing for us. And, um, is that frankly, I feel like if people stop the episode right now, they would not go take action about it. And people, maybe that's a hot take, but looking at the brain chemistry of it, if people feel overwhelmed by the hugeness of the problems that we just discussed, which are important and it's good to educate yourself, but as a company and and as a person, it's really important to me to be solutions-based and empowering. And one of the words we use is winsome because on the flip side of everything we've just talked about are these incredible solutions that are full of hope and excitement and telling those stories is what we focus on. So instead of, you know, go look at a landfill and just feel bad, right? Which I do think is a really profound way to, you yeah, know, that's a good way action. to shock you, shock yourself. It is, into it. But yeah. And it's cool that, you know, you've, um, you know, started taking action for that reason, but it could, and this, this is usually subconscious. I'm not saying anyone's going to go and then be like, okay, I can't think about, about that anymore. But you know, we want as humans, the way that we like function is by hits of dopamine. Right. And so if instead here's, here's what's inspired me is, uh, like EcoCycle. We're so lucky. We have a very cool recycling infrastructure in Colorado. That's somewhat rare. Um, and one of the best in the country, but, um, going to EcoCycle and being able to see like their Mm. incredible machine that sorts Mm. the recycling and then learning about like the recycling industry and like the supply and demand of it, the parts that fascinate you and make you excited and, and, you know, that you enjoy, that's Mm. what should be focused on. Um, because those are the things that are going to, like, frankly, just from a brain chemistry perspective, that's what's going to motivate you to take more action, you know, as a business owner, as an individual, any of it, if you're saying, wow, like, recycling is so cool. And I I have an understanding of it. And I'm so interested, like, I can recycle my glass bottle. And then that is going to go into like my next beer, like I'm a big craft beer person. So I love that in Colorado, we have this great infrastructure for our glass recycling and now yes. aluminum with ball. But like, this tone of voice that I'm using now, instead of like, yes, you know, there, there are these terrible working conditions, which is true. And like, it's, it's such a balance. Cause I don't, we say ease without apathy. That's one of our company values okay. because I want people to be able to, you know, our whole mission is making it easy and convenient for people to shop in alignment with their values, people's and businesses. And 
I, that doesn't mean I want to remove them from the realities of the problems that we're solving. So that's where the without apathy comes in, but it has to be both. It doesn't just get to be like doomsday shaming people, yeah, trying to right. trick people yep. into making yep. this impact. It's just yep. not going to work. And we've yep, seen, we've right. seen, we've seen companies try, we've seen nonprofits yeah. try. It doesn't good work. Point. So we just that's have to make point. it easier. So. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. so for the listeners, let's, um, let's talk about, let's do a simple switch overview. So it's, so it's simple switch.org, simple switch.org. Right. You as can well go there. as simple switch ethical shopping on Android or iPhone. If you prefer a mobile app experience. I saw that. I saw that you have the app. That's wonderful. That's really awesome. Yeah, and great. yeah. Uh, very good. Website's great, by the way. Love it. Love the story. Love Thanks. everything about it. Why don't you give the listeners, give us the, give us the elevator pitch about simple switch. Sure. Just go for it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Simple switch. We are the online marketplace for ethical and sustainable shopping. So what that means, um, we get nicknamed Amazon with the heart or the sustainable Amazon often by our customers um, or people at parties that I'm you know, explaining this to. And uh, we are trying to just make the online shopping industry one that is transparent, that you can go have that same ease and convenience. You know, you don't have to be scared that it's going to be a ton of work because that's that's why I started it is I was trying to shift my spending. You know, I mentioned the South Africa trip and um, I came back and said, you know, well, what can I do to make change? And I'm too busy. As you said, I was totally overloaded in that season of my life. So I said, OK, well, I'm spending money on on things. Right. So at least, you know, I have a good enough understanding of the economy to know that that money matters and who I'm spending it with matters, you know, whether that be small businesses or impactful businesses. So. Mm -hmm. I made a personal commitment to, I think, I think it was like 80% of my spending. I wanted it. I wanted to be confident that it was going towards a company I could believe in and could feel proud of. Um, it was so much work, Steve. I couldn't do it. I think it lasted maybe a week where, you know, doing Mm -hmm. that, if I needed a new pair of pants, I would have to spend hours online researching, you know, what kind of certifications really matter. And, you know, is this really having an impact? And, all of that confusion. And, and even if it was easy to find, I was having to have 12 tabs open to buy everything I needed that week. Um, meanwhile, Amazon was really taking off, getting easier and easier, you know, one click buy, buy on your phone, press this button and you get everything you need, you know, very easy. Um, and as you know, someone who, as I said, was starting to get fascinated by the world of entrepreneurship and business, that was a huge gap for me. And it was, you know, I just have never looked back. I knew that that's the problem I've wanted to solve so you do all that work for it you do all that work for me you find that's the products. right i already, I already <laughs> exactly. know yeah i already know yep. if the product's on your website i'm good to go i don't have to look that's anything exactly up right. i don't have to study it yep yeah you-, yep. you put it all in one cart so you know a cart could look like like uh recently i saw a sale come through that's new sheets for someone's bed who uh this happens to be a friend of mine so i knew they were moving so say you're moving you need to stock some things for your house right so they've got some home decor they've got new sheets for their bed um the home decor is fighting human trafficking, making fair wage jobs in, in third world um, nations. The sheets are made of sustainable bamboo and, you know, reduce water waste, all sorts of, th- they have incredible impact, frankly. Cool. Um, but then they also had toilet paper and coffee and I think a gift for their mom, like, you know, the, some earrings that they wanted to give, you know, oh, I, my mom's birthday is coming up. I better just like mm-hmm. throw that in my cart. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's a huge variety. I think we have about 7,000 products now. and 7,000, 7,000. Okay. Okay. And that's now, the most quickly a, growing it... part of our business. That's why I say, I think, because it truly, it gets away from me how many we're able to add. We are, that's part of the business is really growing. Oh, and I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're adding new stuff every day. You're probably adding new stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 7,000, yeah. so 7,000 SKUs right now. Um, 
are you just the marketplace hub for the to to connect the buyer to the seller and and the seller yeah. ships the seller ships it from their warehouse or how are you doing it? They do. Yep, okay. yep. They sell. So we are a dropship model, and for now, intend to to stay that way. We may do some um, in house fulfillment of things like sample boxes or gift boxes to help okay. people kind of get started and break in, and you know, kind of start understanding what we what we have. So we're considering options for that, but otherwise. Yeah, it works great because we our our whole mission is to bring uplift and um you know more success to these businesses that are already making this incredible impact. We don't feel like we have to reinvent the wheel and make all these products or even warehouse right. these products. Right. You know, we no. just want to help them grow and sometimes that looks like, you know, bringing them more product sales, but one of my favorite parts of running this business is that I'm also able to give them resources you know, as we vet the brands, we have them answer a ton of questions about, you know, their impact and their staff yes. and all of those yeah. things. Right. Um, right. But one of the things that we make them sign in their agreement with us is uh, a commitment to improve. And all the companies we work with already have already have an awesome social or environmental impact or both. Okay. Um, they already have a model based around that kind of impact. So it's not, you know, we're not working with companies that are kind of just like slapping on one product that's made of recycled materials, you know, to, to cover the sins of all the other products they sell, right? We're working with companies that this is in their bones. And, um, but even so we know what, you know, uh, I've talked about our company values a few times. One of ours is iterate often. So if we're getting feedback from experts on social or environmental, you know, impact, we're going to listen to that and make changes in our company. And we ask that our partners do the same. Um, so one of my favorite parts is I get to then facilitate these relationships between maybe we have, you know, um, an amazing snack brand that has just incredible packaging options that are, you know, backyard compostable. And they've done the work to really get that done. But then we have another company that is, um, you know, incredible model to to fight labor exploiting, uh, labor exploitation and, you know, human trafficking and sexual exploitation, the terrible things. And they are, you know, running a um, fair wage and like employment training program to fight that problem, but maybe they're still using plastic packaging. So we're able to bring those partners together right. to, to create even more impact right. through these models that are already very impactful. Um, yeah. Very so good. Very anyways, good. that's, that's one of my favorite part is just being able to do those things, but that doesn't mean I need to be packaging these products, right? I can just yeah. make these introductions and, and create the relationships and, and get them clients. Frankly, you know, we have, people but, buying from us, but now we're also looking at like large companies, you know, we're looking uh, at university contracts and um, Ooh, getting very good. Very you know, good. Very good. We're kind of out here to change, change the economy. Really. You know, this, is, love a, this is not a small thing we're working on. What'd you call it? The heart of, or the, the, the uh, something Amazon, something the, the, yeah, I don't usually pitch us that way, um, but that's what we get nicknamed. So Amazon with a heart, I think Amazon you know, with a heart. Especially we're raising from investors right now, um, which anyone listening to this can be an investor in Simple Switch because of the way we've structured that, by the way. Okay. Um, okay. But, and I'm happy to explain more about that. It's pretty fascinating. But we, you know, as we're talking with investors and, and myself as a business owner who's deep in this business, there are so many differences between the way that Amazon has structured, you know, things. I don't pitch us that way because I know how different we are from them. You know, we're, okay. we're not doing that. Amazon Web Services, there's all these things. And we're not trying to, you know, just pick a fight with Amazon. That's not that's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to create another option so that people who, you know, do want this transparency and the impact, which frankly, I think is everyone. So, you know, I, I think mm -hmm. it certainly could turn into, mm -hmm. you know, um, a competitor with Amazon. But um, our goal is to really empower them and be able to be the solution for them. I'm guessing your number one hurdle is 
you just need to get more products because people come to the website and they're like, man, you know, I really want to, I really want, I really want to buy from you, but you don't have what I'm looking for. People, um, often, well, I'm, I'm curious, is the reason that you say that because you wanted to buy something from us and can find it? Or is, are you just thinking of that from like a hypothetical perspective? Yeah. I'm wondering, is your shopper an intentional shopper? Like I need a new pair of boots. I want to make sure they're sustainable. So I'm going to go to simple. A lot stores. of times. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or is it the um, uh, the department Online store? To, the, 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 is it is it like a TJ Maxx shopper who's like, I don't even know what I want today, but I want to go to the store to look around? Well, I think it becomes a combination of both. Usually, I think okay. people will come to our website, um, okay. especially if they've heard of us before, right? Our existing community, we have the thousands of people who are really excited about our mission. Some of whom have been around since we you know we had a hundred products, and so those people are like, they're ready to buy from us, you know, no matter what. But they'll come to the site looking for, yeah, I need a new pair of shoes. They'll even sometimes email us, which you guys are welcome to do if you're looking for a product and can't find it on Simple okay. Switch. We'd love to then okay. go out and do the work to make sure to source that product for you. Right. Um, right now, our our focus and B2C is so important to us and empowering individual consumers is so important to us. But that part has really been built out over the last three years and is is healthy and you know we're always optimizing, but it's not the main focus. Right now, that shift to businesses and selling to businesses is wow, our main that, focus. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that, yeah. that, that could that could double triple your revenue overnight. Yeah. Yeah, we have a piece <laughs> of content coming out that says uh yeah, definitely triple our revenue, but also the impact, right? And it yeah. because it becomes cyclical where, you know, as we bring on a business, you know, whether, you know, so let's just say Riderflex, right? Your business. Mm -hmm. Um we bring on a business, you guys start buying uh, you know, your your toilet paper and your coffee for your office. Yeah. As simple as that, right? Two two things. Yep. Then yep. we are able to provide then impact reporting for you guys to show that you're, you cool. know, you're practicing what you preach with your values. Cool. Then that reporting goes to your customers who then hear about the fact that they could oh. be making those purchases and that impact too. Mm. And then the cycle keeps going because we empower our B2C customers mm. with content on here's how to convince your boss to buy more, you know, more mm. sustainable products. Here's how to pressure, you know, businesses in your neighborhood mm. to, you know, use more sustainable, whatever that might look like. I like um, it. I like so it, it really like goes around oh, and around, which good. is cool. How, um, how big is the company right now as far as employees? How many people you got on the team? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm the only full-time person. And and like I said, we're raising our how first are you doing right that? now. How are you now? You seem you move pretty fast and uh, <laughs> your, your, your work ethic is obviously super high based on all of <laughs> your, uh, how the hell are you finding, how are you doing this with, with us, with, how are you doing? I'm at the end of where it makes sense. That's that's why we're raising funding is because okay. we'll grow the team and you okay. know grow our capacity right. because you know I've been able to scrap a lot of this together and because we have an incredible I... community, you know, it uh and great tools. You know, we have really seven thousand SKUs, seven thousand SKUs, and you don't have any employees. I don't know how you got <laughs> but I don't know just how no you did full time that. employees. No, to say that I'm doing it alone, so let me caveat that. I'm just only full time. Um, oh, which really, really soon I hope to change that. Like as soon All as right. we can. Um, but I know a really, I know a really cool, I know a really cool recruiting firm. But I'll help you find out. <laughs> well, I do. Thankfully, I have a lot of people who are part-time who I'm just ready as soon very as I good, can pay very them, good. you know, I'll um, but I'll let you know rates, let's, make, let's mention that for the listeners. Um, yeah. are you in a, what are you calling it? Yeah. Angel seed. What, 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 where? Yeah. So we are calling it, um, our community round. So we're raising it through WeFunder. Um, we this funder. is for those familiar in the investing space. It's, it's a regulation crowdfunding round. So reg CF through the SEC. Okay. Um, WeFunder is very similar to like Republic or Seed Invest, anything okay. that is allowing okay. for the legal investment in a startup. 
from the crowd. So right. um, that's right. why I say anyone listening, do will that. You so talk to the, angels? The, the will investment you, minimum. Will you talk to angels? Well, and we are. So let me know if you have any. Okay. Okay. I want to talk to you about that offline. Um, what are you yeah, raising sorry, right now? I think what, we had what, a delay. I'm going to talk yeah. to you about that offline. Yeah. Um, what What are you raising right now? What's your target? Oh, yeah. Our I... round size, our round size through WeFunder is two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Um, and we are coming up on our first milestone. This is somewhat new for us, but our first milestone is fifty thousand, and that's when we will. Um, technically, our investments up to this point are investment reservations because we okay. haven't filed that with the SEC. That all sounds really complicated. If you're listening and you want to invest, all you have to do uh, is go understood. online and use a credit card. Minimum understood. is hundred dollars, but yeah. But you're up and running. I mean, what what's great about your 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 um, timeline right now with your raise is this is not just an idea you're pitching. You're up. You're running. There's right. products. There's seven thousand yeah. products. You got revenue. You got people putting stuff in the cart. You got cash coming in. I mean. That yeah, hey that, exactly. that you're, you're you're way ahead of some of these entrepreneurs where they're just like oh I got yeah. an idea look at my PowerPoint. <laughs> it has been so interesting because I didn't start this from a place where I even understood that that could be an option, right? I <laughs> I started this and and it seems our investors really like this, which oh, makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I started it from a very lean bootstrap. Our expenses Love are it. low. The way we're growing, but the reason we're the reason we're fundraising is to push us in the big league. So it's. I love yeah, it. I obviously are legally you, need to make sure I've mentioned I can't guarantee this, but I think it's going to be a great investment because we are, like you said, we already have traction and then we're we're really pushing into to make some huge change. And that comes with huge revenue. So. Uh, we should we should I could probably do a whole nother episode with you and ask some more questions. I know we're running out of time. Let yeah. me get a couple in here real quick. Is there any way to and I'm sure you've thought about this. Is there any way to have Simple Switch as a brand be on Amazon? And and I can use my Amazon account and and only buy products from Simple Switch, or is that not possible? There uh, it's not, it is possible. Absolutely. Okay. I could do that tomorrow. And I've had people ask this question. Um, our reason for not doing that is because you know the the actual products um are only one part of the impact that people make by shopping with us. Um, you know, they they are buying and making that what I call double net positive. Um, impact because they're taking away the spending from a negative product they might have bought and divesting from that and then investing that same money into the product that makes the positive impact. But on top of that, they are also supporting, you know, our growth as Simple Switch when they make that purchase instead of Amazon's growth, who frankly has had enough growth. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the other thing is there's some really bummer stuff going on with the way Amazon treats their suppliers. So they, they own a lot of the data, right? Um, Not only, you know, what we think about a lot is how they treat their workers, which is super important. You know, we hear negative stories about that all the time. Um, So we would prefer not to support even their shipping infrastructure. Um, But the other thing is our, what I hear now that I work with suppliers is that if someone sells on Amazon and they're doing really well, because Amazon has all that data analytics, they are then able to go in and create a competitive product. And it actually really hurts the company I see. Um, okay, that is gotcha. selling there. So yeah. we, okay. you know, okay. we're not interested in yeah. that. We could, Under- we could. and I love that innovation you're, idea, but yeah, we won't. Your model, no, your model, of course, though, is similar because you're just taking, you're, you're connecting the, the consumer to the supplier and you're taking a piece and that's your model, basically. Yeah. Yes, same, yes. same. Yeah. Okay. Yep, exactly. All right. Very good. Are you pay, are yep. you paying yourself? Are you paying yourself? Or are you eating ramen noodles? Or how are you living, Rachel? <laughs> Not yet. No, I've done a. Um, and that's another thing where I say 
I was so close. This this funding round, we're in such an interesting transition where I'm going, I'm I'm going to a conference next week with executives and directors only, Fortune 500 companies to like talk to them about climate solutions and have them as clients, right? So at the same time that I'm working with those companies, I am like trying to close this, you know, small funding round in order to be able to pay my salary. So uh, I'm in a weird right. transition. Um, I fortunately have, you know, I lived with my parents for the beginning of my starting the company and was able to save for a house. So my expenses are low. Are your uh, mom and I dad run an Airbnb. Did your they mom, uh, did they, they have a little angel investment? They own a little uh-huh, piece of whatever? Yeah, they're okay, one of okay. our WeFunder investors. They, they have okay. put in, you know, the, I would say okay. average amount. They, right. you know, are not, are not these like huge angel high web. They, they've never invested before. Um, they're big in real estate, obviously, since that's what yeah. they do for a living. Um, I love what but, you're doing. I love what yeah, you're thank doing. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I, I, um, you know, you hit it on the head. I know we're out of time here. Um, as long as it's easy and fast and you know, you got the app and everything. And then that way, you know, the consumer can be, um, the consumer can check your website first for sure. Exactly. You know. That is our favorite thing to say, right? We, we're at 7,000 products. We're growing all the time. That means we might not have what you need yet. We might not. And might not, the very best check. thing you can do, check there first. If you don't yep. find it, do shoot us like a chat or an email or an Instagram DM, whatever you love. Just let us know. Because we would love to, if you're if you're trying to buy something from us, we want to have it for you. And we'll do yeah. work to make sure we're sourcing that product, right? We're doing it as fast as we can. (laughs) I love that. Simpleswitch.org. Rachel, thank you so much. Hang on. I'm going to stop the recording, but hang on just a minute before you hang up. Okay. Thank you for being on the show. Great.